Life Audio. The How to Study the Bible podcast is brought to you by BibleStudyTools.com and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit LifeAudio.com. The Kingdom of Heaven, the way that Jesus describes it, He's always using stories to describe the kingdom. He, he, it's always like the kingdom of heaven is like. He's not able to say the kingdom of heaven is this exactly. He's like using earthly stories, earthly um, sort of objects and imagery to help us as humans who are not yet in heaven to experience a little taste of heaven. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I'm your host, Nicole Eunice, and I am so glad to be with you. And as we're continuing this series called How to Pray, already it's impacting the way that I'm approaching God. There's something about really slowing down and letting God's Word get deeply into your heart, not just the passages you know that you might read and then forget, but really to focus in and say, can I get this deeply into my heart? When we're able to do that, we actually are able to move scripture from short-term memory to long-term memory. And in the brain, long-term memory is like encoded, like a physical location. And so once it's there, it's like embedded. It's why we can remember songs from our childhood or stories from our childhood. They're embedded in our long-term memory. And the reason why this is so important and why we're doing what we're doing is because it means that even when you can't open your Bible, or even when you're in a place or an opportunity or an environment where you know that you need to focus your energy back to the Lord, when you have scripture in your long-term memory, you can always dwell with God. You, you always have an opportunity to open up that engagement with God. Now, of course, God hears our prayers. He hears our prayers as children. He hears our prayers when our prayers are childlike. But when we have a framework that gives us a way to approach God, and we can go back to that framework and actually expand our prayer around that framework, we've got this incredibly powerful tool that we can always access, whether we are at work, whether we are driving our car, if we're up in the middle of the night, we don't have to sit down with our Bible and open it to be able to get to that place to say, okay, I know how to pray. Jesus taught me how to pray, and he gave us the most incredible tools and most incredible uh, sort of principles behind prayer through the Lord's Prayer. And this doesn't limit our prayer, as we've talked about in previous weeks. It doesn't mean this is the only way we have to pray. It doesn't mean we have to pray this word for word. In fact, it, it definitely does not say that. Jesus said, let me teach you how to pray. He didn't teach us what to pray. So when we read this, how to, as we're doing this How to Pray series, we're taking out these pieces of what's happening in this very short and powerful prayer that actually just kind of takes us to a different level with understanding God, understanding God's kingdom, understanding ourselves, and understanding Him as our Father. So that's what we've been doing. So if you're new here, you may want to go back two episodes and start at the beginning. We talk about prerequisites for prayer and kind of set up this idea. And then last week, we really just addressed the first three words in the Lord's Prayer, our Father, hallowed, meaning holy, our Father holy, and how our gives us that sort of possessive pronoun that we're included in the family. This Father is this intimate, close, personal engagement name 
And then it's followed by holy. That really helps us understand that God is both majestic and holy and set apart and also close and present and personal. And we learn all that in just the first three words. And think about what that does for your life. If you only said, our Father who is in heaven, holy be your name, just engaging with the idea that you have a Father, that there is a heaven, (laughs) that God is holy, it gives us so much to work with. So we're continuing um, today and we're going to be in this next section, which is verse 10. We're in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. And we're just going to look at verse 10. So here's what it says. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to talk about sort of three things from this passage today. The first is this idea of your or thy, if you're in the uh, older language, you would hear thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy, I want to focus on kingdom and on will. Okay, so we're going to talk about those three things as we enter in and engage with our Bible study. Um, Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, if you are new here, we do have a study guide for you where we're giving you some experiential ways to pray all through the week. It's a free study guide. It just comes to your email. It's not too late to sign up. You just go to NicoleEunice.com slash how to pray. All one word, how to pray. Um, And you can see that in the show notes too. If you don't know how to spell my name, you can find it all there and you can just click there and you'll get the study guide. Super easy. We just want to make it a little bit uh, more robust, this series. So we have that extra for you if you'd like it. Okay. So back to this this verse that we're in, verse 10, and kind of what we read here. We're going to work through our regular questions. So we always ask that question, well, what does it say? And obviously, we don't have to go very far because I'm asking these questions, right? What does it mean that we're focusing on God, focusing on your or thy? What does it mean that we are asking for the kingdom of heaven to come? What is the kingdom of heaven? How does that manifest itself on earth? And what does it mean that it's on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so, and then we're going to say, what is the what is the will? What is will? Okay. Now you may just know some of those answers already without looking them up, but that's kind of the way we're just like focusing our energy when we're asking that question. What does it say? Remember that when you're thinking about a passage, it should always lead you to more questions. It should make you curious, and you want to ask those questions. And to be honest, you guys, I've been in ministry almost my whole adult life. I love the Lord. I love the Bible. I'm a student of the Bible. But still, when I ask myself the question, what does it mean for the kingdom of heaven to come to earth? It's an interesting question to me. It's not like something that I can just answer right away. And one of the reasons for that that we're going to talk about is because... Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org study. Again, that's give.cru.org study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The kingdom of heaven, the way that Jesus describes it, he's always using stories to describe the kingdom. He, he, it's always like the kingdom of heaven is like. He's not able to say the kingdom of heaven is this exactly. He's like using earthly stories, earthly um, sort of objects and imagery to help us as humans who are not yet in heaven to experience a little taste of heaven. So I, when I ask the question, what does it mean for God's kingdom to come? I'm immediately asking the question, wait, what were those things that Jesus taught us about the kingdom of heaven? This is how Bible study gets really interesting. It starts with asking those questions. And if you were reading this on your own and you just wrote in your journal, what does it really mean, the kingdom of heaven? Maybe you do a search on your computer or in your concordance in your Bible and you are off to the races. You have a several week Bible study ahead of you. If you just decided, you know what, I'm going to read all the passages about the kingdom of heaven, and I'm going to make a list in my journal and write some notes about what are all these different aspects and characteristics of the kingdom of heaven. There's a Bible study for you guys, like with all on your own. You can just explore and understand more of that. We're going to do just a teeny bit of that today, but that's an example of why asking questions of scripture is so helpful. Because if you're curious, you're learning. And when you're learning, you're growing. And when you're growing, you're transforming. And that's what we're called to do as believers. We're called to be invested and engaged and intentional with what God is teaching us through his word. Okay, so we asked the question, what does it say? We've gathered kind of our questions that we want to answer for today. And then that next question is, what's the backstory? And the backstory is the context. We talked about that last week, what's going on around this passage. And particularly today, when we ask that question, what's the backstory? I do want to answer just a little bit that question, well, what is the kingdom of heaven? And what you're going to find is that there's a lot of places that Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven. But the one I want to send you to today is just Matthew chapter 13. So if you scooch ahead in your Bible just a little little bit, Jesus starts talking a lot about the kingdom of heaven, and he gives these different stories about the kingdom of heaven, right? The first one he talks about is the sower and the seeds. You guys may be familiar with this one. It's a very familiar parable. This is where Jesus is like, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer sowing seeds. And he talks about seeds that fall on the path and get snatched away, seeds that go into rocky ground, and they, they sort of spring up, but then they're choked out by the worries of the world that are in the thorns, and then the ones that actually are, um, they, they fall on good soil and they produce a crop, 160, 30 times more than what was sown. 
And so we have this idea, okay, wait a second, something's happening in the kingdom of heaven where little seeds are being sent out, right? And Jesus actually explains this this parable to his disciples. So you guys can go read that in Matthew chapter 13, where he talks about this. But when he's talking about it, he's talking about the word going out into the world. So one thing we want to know about the kingdom of heaven is that there is seeds being planted, being scattered all around. And that part of our responsibility is to make sure that our hearts are good soil for that seed to fall on, like the idea that God is speaking to you all the time. And that's just the first parable in the chapter. It goes on and there are more, right? There's another parable that comes in verse 13. I'm sorry, in chapter 13, verse 24. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed wheats among weeds among the wheat. And the, pa- the parable goes on and it talks about just let the weeds and the wheat grow up together. They will get sorted out later. Hello, that is a very helpful thing for us to remember, that we're not responsible for knowing what's being, what's happening in the kingdom of heaven, what's happening around us. We're responsible to be good soil, to be good wheat. And we have to know that all around us, there's going to be weeds and there's going to be wheat, right? And there's a lot to say about that. It's not like totally, totally clear. And that's what Jesus does. He gives interesting stories and he uses those stories to help us think and to help us to be curious about the kingdom. This is one of my favorite ones of all. Very, very short. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And in his joy, he went and sold all that he had so he could buy the field. So if you can get anything from today, when we're starting to explore what the kingdom of heaven is like, this idea that the kingdom of heaven is so good and so amazing that when we experience it, everything we have is nothing compared to the kingdom of heaven. That's the one that I like. If you even focused on that as you were praying, Lord, your kingdom come. Oh, this kingdom that you are creating, you're sowing seeds and you're scattering seeds all around the world. And when the kingdom is discovered, it's so good that it's better than everything that we have. All of this gives us this these neat, really, ways of like hooking in to the idea of the kingdom of heaven so that when we're praying it, we're experiencing it. And we should be asking that question, like, what is the kingdom of heaven like? The kingdom of heaven is a place of mercy. The kingdom of heaven is a place of invitation. The kingdom of heaven is a place of justice. All of these things that we'll see in scripture as you dig in. When you're praying now, thy kingdom come, you can pray about the values of the kingdom coming in our world. And the fact that we focus first in this whole prayer, we are focusing on who God is and what God desires. Before we move to our own desires, which we are coming to, before we get to the framework about what we're praying for ourselves, we are first going to pray about who God is, who we are in relationship to God, our Father, and then what God wants. We're praying about what God wants. We're saying, God, we want what you want. We want your kingdom, the aspects of your kingdom. It's not that we're going to see them in completion on earth, but would you help us see it more and more? And would you, would you, your actions be actually going on, coming, right? Coming in our hearts, coming in my family, coming in my town, in my world, in my community, that that would be the heart in which I would pray. Before we focus on ourselves, we focus on God. And and I'm telling you, it will change your perspective. You go to God and you are weary, discouraged, worried, insecure. And instead of praying about your weariness, your discouragement, your worries, or your insecurity, before you do any of that, what if you actually focused your mind on just these first two pieces of our framework in the Lord's Prayer? That God is our Father. 
and that his kingdom is real and present and moving, and we want to align our will with his will. And before we go any further, not that he doesn't, at, he invites us to engage and pray about everything and anything that's creating anxiousness in us. He invites us to do that. But before we even do that, he invites us to focus ourselves on him. Our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what I love to do when that says on earth, I love the idea of saying in my heart as it is in heaven, in my day as it is in heaven, in my town as it is in heaven, that we can actually think like that. And what I would encourage you to do, like an application point when we ask this question, what does it mean? Um, Sort of our third question, what does it mean? And for me, what I wrote is that if I was going to, to restate what this little piece is saying in in the Lord's Prayer, I would say, Lord, I align my values with your kingdom values and my will with your will. So I want to align my my values with your kingdom values, your kingdom values first, right? Your kingdom values come and your will be done. I want to align my will with your will. What Help me to know your will. Help me to understand your will. And God's given us his word so that we can understand his will. He's not hiding it from us. It's all there for us. And that's why I would encourage you, like, if you can't immediately say four or five things about the kingdom of heaven based on God's word, that would be a great study for you to do next is like focus in on that and be like, what is the kingdom of heaven like? What does Jesus say the kingdom of heaven is like? And all these stories that he tells, all of these parables are about the kingdom of heaven, about the values of the kingdom of heaven. And that can really help us just expand our mind and our hearts when we're praying through the Lord's Prayer. So finally, what does it mean for me? Well, I think I've been saying all along, what does it mean for you? I mean, that's a question for you to ask and answer, right? What does it mean to you? What does this do for you? As you listen to this idea that God is moving in the world and that his kingdom is advancing and that it's spreading in this sort of mysterious way where he leaves us these stories to sort of explain what the kingdom of heaven is like. He's not saying exactly, but he gives us story after story, almost like the kingdom of heaven is too beautiful, too complex to possibly be answered in just human language. So Jesus is going to give us 20 different stories about it so that we can understand this land, this world that exists, right? This spiritual reality. And that we get invited into the kingdom of heaven and that we can pray every day that the kingdom of heaven would be more complete in us, more complete in our world, in our family, in our workplace. And what does that do for you? I wonder just like even emotionally, what does it do for you? I can only say what it does for me right now, but I I feel inspired. I feel more settled and I feel like my perspective shifts. So my worries maybe go into their proper place, not that they're not there, not that I won't pray about them, but that before I'm thinking about my worries, I'm thinking about the kingdom, and I'm trying to open my eyes to the reality of what God is doing in me and around me every single day. Thanks, you guys, for coming today. I'm looking forward to next week. My friend, Drew, who helps um, here with the podcast, a fellow pastor, he's going to be uh, leading us for the next two weeks. So you get to hear another voice in this series. And I'm super excited to learn from him as well. And I'll be back for the final one in week six. So stay tuned. We'll talk with you guys next week. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of lifeaudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, 
and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform.